0: up everybody today we've got antonio on scorch the fears we are on episode 91 it is kind of ridiculous how long we've been doing this now or how long i feel like i've been doing this every single week it's great having a podcast great having you on antonio welcome to scorch the fears and yeah thank you thank you so much for being here
1: thanks for having me that was a sick intro i love that <laughs> i got hyped <laughs> yeah, i was no like worries. let's go let's scorch the fear yeah
0: that's what we're here to do we're here to scorch the fears get a little hyped get it get it going right um so Thank you. Um, so my man, real quick for my audience that doesn't know you just really real quick, just introduce yourself, what you do in real estate, what you do in entrepreneurship, all that for everyone who doesn't know you.
1: Yeah. I'm a content creator, real estate investor. My content is about helping beginner real estate investors who don't know where to start buy their first rental property with the step-by-step process. Um, I am trying to help the person that was me at one point in time. And so, uh, I, in terms of entrepreneurship, generally, obviously real estate investor, obviously I'm doing social media stuff in the past. I had a, um, Amazon FBA business that failed that didn't do well. So that caused my fears to be a little bit higher, which maybe we'll get into later. Um, but yeah, uh, that's it really just trying to build my businesses now as we speak and, uh, As I'm doing that, I'm talking about it on social media and trying to help others along the way.
0: I love it. So talk about your Amazon business for a second. I'm curious, like what, um, like, because that was your first entrepreneurial journey. And I definitely know having an entrepreneurial journey, I've had enough people on this podcast now where if you had an entrepreneurial journey and it didn't work out, why do you think it didn't work out? Like what happened there?
1: Well, there's the numbers reason why it didn't work out. And then there's like the underlying reasons why it didn't work out the numbers reasons why, well, we were setting uh, selling, excuse me, Amazon cutting boards, uh, cutting boards on Amazon, bamboo cutting boards to be uh, specific. And, uh, we started selling some boards. I quit my software engineering job at the time. I was like, this is going to be amazing. I had a partner doing it. And my job was to run ads and, I was so focused on just getting to the first page on Amazon I was like we're going to be rich if we hit the first page on Amazon that I didn't have any basic business fundamentals of oh I need to make more money than I'm putting in so I was actually bidding high on every keyword to get into page 1 uh, through like the rankings and stuff that I was actually losing money per board like I I did not keep track of everything that was going on so that's like the financial reason why um and we ended up losing around like $21,000 i think was our total invested between me and my partner the um the underlying reasons why were one i didn't have any business sense whatsoever i just was a software engineer i didn't even know what entrepreneurship was like a year before that um i quit my job prematurely so like i didn't have income to weather out the storm i my partner had gone away to on a vacation and basically stopped replying. So like, I kind of was left on my own. Um, and yeah, so like we had partner issues, we had financing issues, we had lack of business fundamental issues and because of that, we failed.
0: Gotcha. Understood. It makes sense. So, uh, when you, so, again, like uh, the reason why this podcast exists, I told you, I was telling you this beforehand, it's to get over the fears that we're dealing with as entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. So I really want to get into, especially just with the first business, I know it's not real estate investing, but your first business is always that one where like, there's a lot of fears. Um, And so when you were doing that first business, like what were the, and even the initial fears and then 21,000, that sounds more like it was like kind of side hustle-y. Like it's not Mm -hmm. like, I mean, I don't know. I've heard people lose hundreds of thousands, right? So it wasn't like the worst thing in the world. But I guess how'd you push through that? That's really what I want to know. I want to know how you push through that business not working out and be like, no, I'm going to do entrepreneurship again. Because most people would quit. That's what most people would do. So how'd you push through? How'd you like not quit?
1: Well, I was 22 at the time. So 22 uh 23 you know um that's a lot of money for me to lose when i was 22 23 that was more money than i ever had so for me it felt a lot worse than maybe i'm i'm making it seem but i i can the reason why i i pushed through and i'm still doing it today is because i realized that the alternative isn't a long-term option for the type of person i am i care about control i care about freedom so much that for me to Throwing the towel because I lost one time felt like kind of pointless, you know. Um, It felt like there was no point uh, to doing that because I knew that the alternative of having the 9 to 5 or not or being locked into the 9 to 5 didn't feel congruent to me and who I was. And so I never once in that moment was I like, I'm never going to do this again. It was more like, okay, I learned a lot. Now I'm scared to do it again, but I know I need to do it again um and so it was really pushing it took a lot but pushing through that fear was more based on the positive outcome rather than the and and the lack of of not wanting to do the negative thing of of staying in the job
0: right no i mean it makes sense right like there are certain people who are just born with it who are like dude i cannot do a 9 to 5 it's just not going to work out for me it's just not going to happen how did you know you like, I mean, I bet you, like you might just be exactly like me where it's like, I just know that a nine to five isn't going to work for me, mm-hmm. but is it something you just know? Is it something you cultivate? Like, what do you think? Do you think it's like a nature or a nurture type of thing?
1: I'm, I'm more of the belief in every area of life that everything is more nurture. Um, cause it's hard for me to say what I was born with naturally because when I was one, I didn't I wasn't conscious of what I did, right? um or what I naturally believed at that time. So I gotta say it's more nurture. Uh, my parents were very controlling, very controlling immigrant Italian family, uh didn't let me like watch certain movies and stuff like that, and they did it with good intentions, you know, to like allow me to be um you know straight and level headed, but uh that like lack of freedom that I had there probably is what's manifesting in my everyday of like just trying to get control and freedom of my life.
0: Right. It makes sense. And then do you feel like how how can somebody like make an environment that would make them become an entrepreneur? I don't know if that makes sense. I'm like, what how can you simulate an environment that will make you successful in entrepreneurship? I don't even know if that's a fair question. I don't even know if that's possible, but it's mm-hmm. something that I think about a lot is like, okay, So many people say they want to be entrepreneurs, but I, in my head, at least my personal belief is there has to be two things. One is there has to be something chasing you, right? Like a demon behind you, like something Mm -hmm. like I'm going to be poor. It's not going to work out. Like something that gives you anxiety a little bit. And then something in front of you, like a goal, like freedom, all of that type of stuff. I don't know. I'm curious, like, what's your beliefs on it? Do you think it's possible to simulate an environment or put yourself in an environment as a new entrepreneur to be successful. Like I know, like I had my own things too, when I was growing up, like mm-hmm. that made it where I would just probably become an entrepreneur or at the very least do something that wasn't a nine to five.
1: Mm-hmm. But do
0: you think that can be simulated? Is it like, and if so, like how would you maybe, how would you change your environment if possible to, um, become a successful entrepreneur i know that was a lot but like if, yeah. if you can try to answer no that. it
1: makes sense uh i think i not successfully but i i kind of ended up doing this because it was what i needed to do um i didn't have any like role models of successful entrepreneurs everyone in my family for the most part was um people who worked uh uh, like a self-employed business. So it was just them and one other person, like my uncle uh, is a truck, owns a truck driving business. My other uncle owns a solar panel business. My dad is a contractor. He's one employee. My other uncle has a, a barbershop business. They all were entrepreneurs, but they were all like this um, solo entrepreneur. So, but I wasn't even aware that they were entrepreneurs. Like my entire life, I was just nurtured to be an engineer, software engineer. So I went to school Without that, we'll call it environment, and then I basically ended up building that environment through YouTube, mostly YouTube. Um, like I would watch Patrick Bitt David from Valuetainment Tainment twenty four seven, John Sanmez from Bulldog Mindset twenty four seven. I would basically just like be absorbing. Um, I watch Alpha M, you know, a couple, uh, Antonio Centeno, like these, these entrepreneurs at the time for me were like the only thing I could latch onto. And so I had those and I set up like a virtual environment from them. And then I tried to seek out the people in my life that leaned more in that direction. So like I had a couple of friends from college that were like, yeah, I want to do something. turns out that most of them aren't actually doing something like you said, but the couple that did, I still I still talk to them like a lot, and we we work together a lot to try to get towards um, goals and stuff like that. Because I think it's important to have the in person connection. I would go to meetups as well to try to meet new people. But it, I'm not going to lie, it's hard uh, to have those virtual and in person things try to influence you. It takes a lot of time. Like it took a couple of years before I was really like starting to quote, unquote, brainwash myself to believe in that this was the right path for me.
0: Gotcha. Talk about that a little bit. Like, what do you mean it took you a couple of years to brainwash you that it was the right path? What were you saying to yourself that made you feel like it might not be the right path?
1: Um. Yeah. It, well, one, it was, it was a little bit easier to brainwash myself at that time because like, I had never really made a lot of money, and my first software engineering job was like cool. I was making money, but like, I I wasn't worried about necessarily losing the paycheck. So the first time around, was okay. But then the second time around, after I quit that job and I tried to do the Amazon FBA business, um, the those fears and worries took a little bit more to overcome, because you know, I was like, what if I quit my job again? And I try to go all in on this thing and I fail again. Then like, I set myself back. I set my investing back. What am I supposed to do? Um, or I've been talking about on social media about buying properties and stuff like that. Like, but what if I run out of money and I can't buy properties, right? That like, that's just like a, another fear that I had. And so like, I kind of had to like build a worst case scenario for myself where I was like, okay, if I can get my business to making X dollars a month and I save up this this many dollars and I have this much for my rental properties and I have this retirement account and I like, I have all of these insurance policies basically to make sure that nothing goes wrong. I waited till I had a certain amount of followers on social media too. I was just like, okay, if I had all of these things like, when is it going to be enough? And so that was kind of, I needed the outer world things to make myself feel comfortable before jumping in the second time. So
0: when is it enough? Because I feel like it's almost never enough, right? Like you have to get, I mean, there's a point, I don't know. I've gotten to my, I've gotten to the point where my business makes like 60 to a hundred K a month, some, and some months I've even had 200 K. Right. But I'm curious, like when, what is enough Cause I'm curious, like, cause I remember telling myself, if I can get it to where there's 50 K a month, then I should be set. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, what, what do you feel like, is there a number? I'm like curious if it actually ever goes away. I don't know. Like I may not, I just might not have hit the number yet, but it, mm-hmm. and then maybe there, there probably is. I mean, a billion dollars. Yeah. That's the freaking number. Uh, definitely. Right. But I'm curious is what is the number <laughs> where it's like, it goes away.
1: Yeah. I don't think it's a number. I think it's a perception. Like if I was living in Italy and I only needed $4,000 a month to survive, 10000 is probably great. And as long as I convince myself that 10000 is okay and I don't really need more, then it's fine. But if I live in America and everyone else around me is making 10000 like that's the floor, then 20000 might feel better. Um, but then you have all these role models of people making seven figures a month and you're like, well, I need to... Keep going. So it really depends on who you look at and what your perception is of what is good and what is not good.
0: Right. So basically, you're saying like it's just you should figure out how much you need to survive, and then be like, okay, I should be double that, and then I'm and then I'm good. And then, like, I guess my what I'm trying to get at because I think even the like, how do you change your perception? That's really what I'm trying to say. Is like, how do you make that perception switch? Because you could be you could still be living in Italy, four thousand a month is all you needed, making ten thousand and still feeling that stress, still feeling that money anxiety. So how how do you actually change the perception?
1: Yeah, the way I'm trying to change my perception is focus more on the wins that I have and being like somewhat grateful for them because i I think i I lean more towards the opposite direction of like, I did something great. And I, then I don't feel good about it. I'm like, Oh, I just need the next thing. I need the next thing. So I'm more in that direction. So for me, I'm trying to do the opposite and like, stop and appreciate like, wow, I hit 650,000 followers or I, you know, made $10,000 this month. That's great. You know, like, and so I I'm trying to reprogram myself by instead of doing the thing that was like, all right, now I need to go to the next level is like just kind of sitting at the level and being like, Hey, you did this. Good job. Pat yourself on the back, go get some sushi. Do, you know, do, do something you enjoy that kind of thing.
0: I love it. I love it so much. That's the truth, right? Like I think gratefulness is like one of the best ways to do it. That's what you're talking about. That's the best way to get rid of fear. I think it's, if you're truly, Guys, if you're truly in a state of gratefulness, you can't be afraid. It's actually impossible to be afraid while being grateful. And that's what Antonio's getting at. So, yeah, I just, I 100% agree. That's like one of the best perception shifts ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I want to get into your story a little bit. We're doing Amazon, Amazon doesn't work out. You're like, damn, I've had a failed business. How, like, how do you hear about real estate? How'd you get into it?
1: So uh, I got to take a step back because like day one of my software engineering job was when I found out that, um, what entrepreneurship was. And that led me down to a bunch of rabbit holes. And one of them was real estate. So I had started learning about real estate at the same time I was learning about Amazon FBA, but I started doing the Amazon FBA because that felt, more doable. I was like, I can't buy a house. I'm 22, you know, no way, no way I could afford that. Right. So I, well, I could have, I just didn't know the techniques and stuff to pull it off. Um, so I was reading about real estate. Um, and actually the house that I was living in was a rental property. Um, and I had actually just emailed the owner and asked them if they would be open to selling, but the owner was like, honestly, I would have to sell it to you at this price and it's not going to cash flow at this price. Um, and I was like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. So I didn't do anything at that point in time. So real estate was always there. Um, plus my dad's a contractor and he always talked about like, you know, when you grow up and you make some money, then you let's, let's, you know, do something together. Like he kind of hinted at that for a while. Um, so like I had some ideas of it, but I didn't really have any role models or anyone to do it. So I had to build the same thing in real estate, uh, with books and online resources. Uh, so bigger pockets, um, millionaire real estate investor. It's up there on the shelf. A few other books, ABCs of real estate investing, Ken McElroy. And anyway, I just started absorbing as much as I possibly could, um, And that was happening for a while, you know, like that kept happening plenty of time after the Amazon business failed. Um, It took like four years, basically from the day I started learning about real estate to the day I actually did it because I had so much fear around real estate investing itself. Uh, I was 26 when I actually started, but all that time when I wanted to start, I was scared that if I bought something that I would lose all of my money. Because I made a mistake and I didn't want to do that. And that was my entire life savings. You know, like I've been working for four years. I already lost half of my life savings on Amazon. Now I don't want to lose the rest of my life savings and my future on, on real estate. So yeah, it was mostly about losing my life savings and being confused and overwhelmed with what's the right move. How do I do this? That kind of thing.
0: So, and then was it that perception shift we were talking about earlier? Was that how you were like, screw it, I'm going to just do real estate again, even though the Amazon stuff didn't work out? Or what do you feel like pushed you through it?
1: Again, it was the same thing of like, well, just because Amazon didn't work for me doesn't mean that this isn't going to work for me. This has worked for so many people. You know, like this has been working for a long period of time. Amazon FBA is a new thing. And so at that time, it was at least so... Yeah, all good. I was just yeah. That's basically it. Is I was just you know trying to convince myself like people that are a lot dumber than you have done this. You know you could figure this out. You're a software engineer. Um, that's true. I mean honestly, like,
0: teen year old isn't it, like there are 19 year olds figuring this out me at like 25 that's when i started like can figure this out you know like yeah. I, I, I there's got to be a way that like i'm going to be able to make money in this right
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so it totally makes sense and then so tell everybody like what what strategies were you using in real estate like how how did you start off in it like was it just buy and hold what was your what was like the path you went down
1: yeah, to reduce my fears as much as possible, I took the most traditional route. <laughs> I bought a property. Um, I bought a triplex. Uh, it was 195000 um, And just regular old buy and hold. I was like, fixing things up is way too out of my comfort zone. I don't know how to do anything. Like I was painting walls and stuff like that. I, I didn't even know how to paint the wall or anything like that. I just yeah. learned how to do that like two years ago. <laughs> so um, gotcha. for me anything fixing up was like uh too many headaches so i had to do stuff that was within my control so buy and hold small multifamily seemed to work from a cash flow perspective better than um single family so i stuck with that
0: what what um what market are you in
1: Huh? that's a funny story so i started off in new jersey in ewing new jersey because it was like commutable and that's where i went to school so Um, and that's actually where I lived one year, the one year I was working right outside of college, but at this point I'm living in New York city. Um, so it wasn't necessarily close, uh, but it was, it was close enough at a low enough price point and a good enough rent price for me to get started. Um, so I bought my first three there and then, uh, when I started making videos about it, I was always interested. I had a friend that was investing in Memphis from Oakland, California, and he had never been to Memphis. And I was like, really interested in it. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to try to do this out of state stuff. And so I moved to Texas in 2021 and at the beginning of 2021 and along the way I drove my car down and I stopped at all these different real estate markets. Um, I went to Memphis, I went to Ohio, I went to Indiana. And so I ended up buying a couple properties along the way, one in Arkansas, one in um, Ohio. And then um, I ended up uh, continuing to buy some in in Ohio. And then I ended up getting one uh, in Florida. So I'm in Cape Coral, Florida; Ewing, New Jersey; Akron, Ohio; and Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, I only have eight properties, but it's split across all all four of those markets. So that that was a I shot myself in the foot, but I did it because I was interested in this topic, and I kind of like led with my my content leading me towards my investing, um, which has its pros and cons. (laughs) No, I love
0: it. And then talk to me a little bit about. like the initial challenges with that, right? I mean, I mainly wholesale, but I've owned some single family rentals and Mm -hmm. they it's there are challenges with it, right? So like, what were your initial challenges? What would you recommend to somebody who's trying to own more rentals? Like, how would you get started? Um, Like, how would you get started if you're, I don't know, you had a software engineering job. Are you, do you still have that job so you can like get loans from banks and stuff?
1: No, no, yeah. I'm full-time content and and social media. Love it. But and, and real estate, I was just saying. And real estate. Um, yeah.
0: So what would you think, what would you recommend to somebody to how they would get started in buying rentals? Like how, how should they start? What should they start doing?
1: Yeah. The easiest way is to have uh, a W-2 job, make some money, save some money, and house hack your first property. That's like the easiest way um, because likely you're spending, uh, if you are if you live in a market um where the price to rent ratio is decent, then house hacking is probably going to be good. Otherwise uh, I would pick a cheaper market out of state, go visit it for a weekend and buy a property with 20, 25% down. Uh, but a cheaper property, you know, like a $100,000, $200,000 property. And, you know, take a couple of years to save for that and get started that way. The point is, is just to get your feet wet and see yourself through the process. It's not the most efficient way to get started. It's not the most uh, optimized way to get started. But to me, it's the most easy, well-worn well, wo- uh, well worn down path to get started. And once you can do that, then you can take the next leap. It's like when you're learning uh, a new skill, the most important thing for you to do is to keep the barrier to entry low. And so I'm all about keeping the barrier to entry as low as possible. When you start adding in all these complex things, like trying to bury your first property, I think that's just dumb. It just is so complex for a beginner to understand how to calculate ARV and how to calculate um, cash flow that it's just too much. So don't bother doing that. Just pick one, flip it or uh, uh, buy and hold. Plus you're going to come have to work a lot more for those deals. Anyway, That's my, that's my point is just reduce your barrier to entry. And it's going to be a lot easier to get started that way and reduce your overwhelm along the way as well.
0: I love it. So let's talk about, let's talk about, um, social media a little bit, right? Because I mean, that's how I found you was like Mm -hmm. through like your social media, you do a ton of content. How did you, how did you start just doing social media stuff or what inspired you to, you know, get an insane following? Like why?
1: Um, It started off in February, 2017. This is after my Amazon business failed. And before I got my next job, before I started investing in real estate, um, my mom and my uh, brother and my sister came home. My brother had gone to the doctor's office from something and uh, my mom came home crying and I was just like really confused what was going on. She told me that my brother had been diagnosed with stage four cancer and Like in the back of my head, because I had been watching all these YouTube people, I was like, I need to talk about this stuff. Like no one my age is talking about this stuff. Like people need to know like that, like life is has so much to give. And so that day I was like I was scared and nervous about doing this because I knew that friends would make fun of me. I didn't know anything about making a video, that kind of thing. So literally that day, I just grabbed my camera and I go outside and I record a video reading from whatever book I was reading at the time, which was 10X Rules by Grant Cardone. You could still watch that video. It's on my old YouTube channel. Um, and <laughs> it's so bad, right? Um, but I was like, all right, I'm going to get good at this thing and I'm just going to do as much as I can. So I started doing like seven to nine videos a week where I just would talk about the chapter that I was reading that day. And for me, it was just about getting the reps in. So I did that all while I was looking for a job. And then when I got my job, I just kept doing that. And as I was doing that, I was learning more about marketing and learning more about this stuff. And I was learning about real estate. So I was doing YouTube and content creation for like two years. No one was watching me. And um, then I realized that like, while I was going through this process of buying my first property, other people had the same issue as me. I kept going on bigger pockets and people were saying like, I want to buy my first rental property, but I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. And I was like, man, that's exactly how I feel. I'm reading all these books. They feel really motivational, but I just still don't know where to start at the end of all of it. And so I was like, I'm going to talk about I'm going to combine the two worlds, like I'm doing this real estate thing, I'm doing this thing, and I'm going to combine and talk about how I come up with the things that make me feel that way, um, uh, make me feel more confident about investing, and so I just combined the two, and so then I did that for about a year um, on YouTube, and then after doing it for about a year and a half, no, this was about two years on YouTube, and then once I did that for about two years on YouTube, uh, I switched over to TikTok. And I was really lucky because I had been making videos, getting practice in, but then also TikTok was new. There weren't a lot of people on there. So I started making content on TikTok and I started having some success, a lot more success than I was having on YouTube because there weren't that many people on there. And so then I've now taken the success I had on TikTok and tried to replicate it to Instagram. And now I'm trying to expand to other platforms like Facebook and YouTube and and stuff like that. But um Yeah, at this point in time, I've made like 2,000 videos online over the last six and a half years, and it's just been a process of constantly trying to make something better and better every day and trying to help people uh, because, like I said, at this point, I'm just trying to help the person that was me. And so every video I make is for that person, trying to make things clear, simple, easy to understand, actionable, so this way they can actually get started because i felt like everything that i read wasn't like that
0: right totally makes sense why why should somebody start doing social media right like i'm i think people should know a lot of reasons like why people do, should do social media i think it gets you more deals it gets you more private money it helps you do like it helps you get known Um, it brings in more money into your primary business is at least the reason why I like doing it a lot. And also it helps a lot of people, but is there anything extra to that or any other reasons you feel like somebody should start doing social media, especially when they're just starting out? Because there are some people, I know a few people like you who started doing it even before they were making money. And they're so grateful now that they started doing it because even when they have like, the houses they have and the money that they have like it just amplified it so can you talk a little bit about that of like what have been the benefits of doing social media
1: yeah to be completely honest money is not the thing i would say to do social media for uh at least in my my perspective i'm still making less than i was making as a software engineer through my social media presence and you know i have almost across all platforms like almost nine hundred thousand followers so it hasn't translated to money to me instead it has more translated to networking um right people like to to be completely fair like is you cared about me because i had a number next to my name otherwise you would have never heard about me right um i've gotten to i got i got to speak at a conference last week to real estate agents About growing on social media, but only because I had a number next to my name. But then I I met a lot of real estate agents that way. Um, I've had CEOs of uh, real estate software companies uh, DM me and say they've been following me for a while, Uh, like companies that I've used, right? Like that, it has opened up so many connection doors for me that in a normal world, someone who has eight properties. Or someone who is just a software engineer would never have those opportunities to to reach out to, uh, but the number next to my name is a big door opener. So I would say it gets my foot in the door more than anything else um, than uh, a, a financial thing or anything like that. At least from my experience. No, it makes sense. And then,
0: how has that has that helped you? find houses or anything like that or has it just been like how because that's pretty cool right like i think that is pretty cool i mean you're 100 right that's how i know you as i saw like hey man this guy has a ton of followers i really liked his content your content it was like pretty spot on pretty good stuff so i was like okay like why not like i'll reach out to him and see if he'd want to come on my podcast right um so how how have you been using that those that those networking opportunities have they like like, I'm just curious, like if there has been, yeah, like what have been like, what have been like the benefits of those, that networking from social media?
1: Yeah. Um, I would say getting to meet people that I've like dreamt of being friends with, um, uh, people that have been like mentors to me that I have watched on the computer for a long period of time, uh, now some, like I have their phone number and I've texted them and I've met up with them and hung out with them. Uh, so like that, I would say is like the biggest thing I haven't really seen an impact on the real estate side of things yet. Like uh, I am planning on doing some form of, uh, trying to work with my audience to be able to buy properties. And I think that will, that will show like the benefit on that end. Um, but like, uh, uh, for a real estate example. Um, when I go to, uh, like a real estate meetup in town, almost every single time I'll have someone that has more properties than me or is making more money than me be like, Hey, I know you, I've seen you like last one. I was at someone's like, you're TikTok famous. I was like, Oh, hi, I'm Antonio, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And, uh, turns out that they have like, you know, 10 years more experience than me. And so I get to learn from them and because they're interested in, in the social media and the marketing stuff, it just happens to be what everyone else wants to know. Um, or, you know, have some, you know, uh, skills around in 2023, whereas like I'm happy to learn from them in other areas of my life as well.
0: I love it. Awesome. And then, so, um, what uh did you have any fears starting social media like were you were you one of those people who wasn't very social media active i mean generally software engineers don't aren't (laughs) usually very social media active before they need to be right um so what uh yeah what made you want to be or i'm sorry yeah like yeah so like what uh i just lost my train of thought you're asking me
1: like oh okay go ahead no
0: no yeah so like um yeah like what uh
1: I'm what fears i had around social media yeah, sorry
0: i don't know why i just lost my, <laughs> my trade of thought there like i literally mm-hmm. lost my trade of thought so yeah answer that yeah
1: question. uh i had a lot of fears well one i had no facebook no instagram account uh, i think i only had snapchat because like people my age used that at the time um tiktok was an, an app i did use youtube to like watch stuff but youtube is not really a social media app like i'm not really constantly talking to friends on youtube um So I had LinkedIn for like job search, but that was really it. Uh, Yeah. So I wasn't a social media guy. I had never made a video before. Uh, I didn't even, all I knew that was marketing was a major that you could take in college. That's that's about as much I knew about marketing. Um, I failed uh, English class in high school. English was not my first language. So communicating was never my strong suit uh i actually got a 490 on writing on my sat so like not even like content writing was something i could be good at um and yeah I, i i didn't know how to use a camera i i luckily had an iphone but i i didn't know how to use a camera i never recorded or took pictures of myself that's not something i ever did uh and I, the thing that I was most afraid of was people that I knew in my life, what they would say about what does Antonio know? He's, you know, 23. What does he know about life? You know, like this is a guy I went to college with that I was drinking beers with, you know, like two years ago, like, what is he talking about? You know? And that, that happened. Uh, I caught multiple of my friends, uh, watching Snapchat's, of like people roasting my videos you know and i had to i had to deal with that that wasn't a fun time it just made me realize like a lot of people weren't actually my friends they were kind of just in my life for in my life but once it came to like something i really wanted to do they didn't really care and so and how
0: did you deal with that how did you deal with friends who were being a-holes to you i just like, not stopped, supporting you
1: i'd like had to stop hanging out with them because right. it hurt right like right um, and it's crazy. Cause there was a lot of friends that, that they didn't make fun of me, but they also didn't like support me. They weren't like, yo, you got this, you know, like very few people supported me. Even my dad and my mom didn't really support me. Um, but now things are different. You know, like when I, <laughs> when I, I had someone that would literally make fun of me all the time for doing this and like behind my back. And now like we went on a vacation together last year and he was like, introducing me to people like, yeah, he's real. He's TikTok famous. He's Instagram famous. He's this big right. shot real estate investor. I'm like, don't don't forget. I I I remember what you said about me. You might not know what you I know, but I know that you said this stuff about me because other people told me. Right. Um, and so it just you know it sucks. It's it's not a fun scenario to to, to think that people that you had a, a decent relationship with, you know, aren't going to be able to have a decent relationship with you because of them not believing in what you're doing or thinking it's funny because you know, they really want to do it deep down inside is it's just a lot of things that you can't control.
0: Right. So then what do you what do you do? Do you just straight cut them out of your life? I mean, you said you went on a vacation with him. So maybe he was like a really good friend or like, how do you handle that?
1: Uh, No, that one was like we ended up being at a wedding vacation together. So that wasn't like I chose to be around him. I just gotcha. should, don't choose to be around those people. Like I'll see them at weddings. I'll see them. I'll see them, you know, here and there. Um, But I just don't go out of my way to hang out with them. That's just to me, it's not like I need to do anything bad to them or slight them or anything like that. It's just that I just don't need them there. You know, like it's more, I don't, it's not necessarily like a, a hatred or anything like that. It's just more like a, that's who you want to be. Okay, that's fine. I don't need to have you. Uh, gotcha. And it's not as like, you know, cut and dry as I'm saying it right now. As I find out about those things, it hurts. <laughs> Right. It hurts a lot right
0: i get it yeah man i mean i get it like i definitely have friends like that who when i started doing i i did just started even business let alone starting social media stuff right mm-hmm. i didn't start social media stuff i started it probably like a year and a half ago um but i started doing real estate like three years ago mm-hmm. um even then there were like people who would talk smack about me and yeah like i my my advice to everyone on here is like just do it anyways who cares? Once you become successful, which you know you will if you just stay at it, then they all shut up, right? Like, that's what happens in the end. And then they all come and turn around, right? And then, like and then, like Antonio was talking about, they're going to be at a wedding party and being like, oh, my God, this guy's TikTok famous. I'm like, yeah, no, no help to you. Like, <laughs> in fact, in spite of you, right? Um, so it's interesting. Like, what do you think... Like, did you have to make new friends like in this entrepreneurial journey and this social media journey? I've had to make a lot of new friends who like I talk to them way more than my old friends. Um, I talk to my old friends sometimes, but a lot of times I'm talking mainly to my entrepreneurial friends and I cut out a lot of the older people in my life. Um, is, that what you, is that like when a, you were talking about how networking has done that? Have you found a lot of really good friends in real estate that have been able to support you um, with doing social media and all the other stuff?
1: yeah i think um i haven't like and and i'm gonna
0: add on to that how do you find friends in real estate Mm -hmm. or just entrepreneurship
1: yeah Uh, so I, i i was forced to make a lot of new friends because i moved to austin from from new york and so how much of it was and and COVID happened so how much of it was me cutting people out is probably really slim it's probably more just people uh falling out of touch you know like i didn't care to reach out to them because they were kind of you know not those people um and our our priorities just didn't align anymore so i just stopped you know calling them and stuff stop hanging out with them as much so that's probably more it And so when I was here, in fact, all of my friends in Austin are real estate investors or content creators, like one of the two, mostly content creators, um, because I've hosted a lot of content creator meetups here uh, to try to get to try to meet more and more people. And but in the beginning, the first like seven eight months, I only had like one friend that I had met at, or I had two friends that I had met at real estate meetups, and so. I, you have to first go to a place where you can find them and, and like, kind of know, um, like, it kind of introduce yourself to people. And then some of those people you're going to try to set up for, like, a coffee or a hangout or go do this or go do that. And if you guys hit it off there, then, you know, you can keep hanging out with them. Like, you you could be able, you you should be able to tell that, hey, this person wants to hang out with me. I want to hang out with this person. Um, and that's kind of what I did for the first seven, eight months while I was in Austin trying to meet new people makes sense.
0: So let's get into the social media. Like let's get into like some of the like how to's like actually how to become social media famous, right? Like what are the things that you feel like people are missing, right? I feel like people understand you got to be posting consistently, consistently, but what should you be posting about? How do you decide what to post about? Like, let's start with those. Like, how do you decide what to post about?
1: I don't think you need to post consistently, or I don't think posting consistently is what makes someone good. I think the consistency causes you to keep adapting and keep making something else. So it's not like the algorithms care about consistency because I don't think they do. Um, gotcha. And there's there's a lot of data points I've seen that don't don't seem like that. That's the case. So that's that's that. Um, at least my opinion. Now, in terms of like what you should be talking about is you got to find your own lane of of what it is you're talking about. And you can structure your lane about like what experiences you're having. So for me, it was at that time, I wanted to invest in real estate and I didn't know where to start, right? It wasn't until I started talking about that lane that like anyone besides my three friends were listening to me about. You know, so one, having a lane. And then two, in terms of what topics to talk about, what I highly recommend anyone does, and I still do this to today, is I literally will sit down and watch, uh, I'll watch content and I'll try to find content that did well comparatively to everyone else's video. So, like before I started, I would go through, when I switched over to TikTok, what I did was I would go through everyone's profile and I would look at, okay, 200 views, 300 views, 5,000 views. Okay. What happened in that video? And I'd watch that video and break down like what was on screen when they said it or what, uh, what did they say? Um, what was being shown? What text was there? Uh, was there a story? Was there not a story? What could I improve? What could I take away? And I'd write all that stuff down and then I'd move towards the next one. Um, and I'd keep doing that for multiple videos. And so, I basically tried to build an AI model in my head of what is a good video, what is not a good video. And I have to keep updating that model because things change and things aren't always working the same. Um, and so, yeah, that would be my number one tip is study what did well and don't ever copy it, but instead figure out how you can change it to match your lens, that lane that you've come on. So like, for example, Because you do wholesaling and your advice is going to be tailored towards wholesaling. You might watch a video of mine and be like, that's a good idea. But then you might change it just for wholesalers, right? Because that's the lane that you're looking on. That's the lens at which you're looking in. The topic can be whatever you want, as long as the magnifying glass you're looking at it in is the one in which is your lane. Um, And so for me, everything is about beginner rental property investors who don't know where to start. Every lane that I try, every video that I try to make has to have that lens on it. But I pick the ideas based off of what I've seen that does well and things that I think will do well from there.
0: Gotcha. So basically, if let's see if I'm breaking this down right. Like, I'm curious what you think. Like, let's see if I'm understanding what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So number one, find a lane. And when you say find a lane, like, what are you? what are you going to be mainly talking about? Right? Like mm-hmm. what question are you going to be answering, or what's your brand is really what you're saying, right? More or less. Um, and then two, what do you think? You you kind of shook your head there. What do you what do you I would think say, like, discussion?
1: I would call it niche. Brand is kind a of niche. more of like a a high level term. That's like, you know, uh find your a little niche. bit more touchy feely. This is more of like this is exactly who I help. This is what I try to help talk about. Gotcha.
0: So find your niche. Here's say that again, like who, who? What am I talking about? And here's who I'm trying to help. Those yeah. are like the two questions you're trying to yeah. answer. Who's,
1: who's, this, who's this person that you're trying to help? What problems are they have, having? And how do you help them overcome that problem? Gotcha. Love it. Um, find your niche
0: or niche. Um, make sure you're actually helping people out with your content in there. And then find other people who are making content. Analyze their really popular videos. And compared to their their worst videos and see what was different and then apply that to your videos and that would be like the best first step
1: yeah it's a skill it's like understanding because again i i come from no marketing none of this like education on how to communicate and all that stuff so for me i had to like kind of break it down and understand what works and what doesn't work um And I had to build a model like, oh, that's weird. When they say these three words in a row, the video tends to do better than when it doesn't. Hmm. So something about saying those three words all of a sudden makes people do better or makes people pay attention. Right. So it's like it's like you start to pick up on those things. And then when you start applying those things, you start learning from your own videos. Like an exercise I did recently was I went through all of my videos that had over 100000 views and I wrote down the hook for every single video I was like huh there's a trend here every time I say here's how the video tended to do better almost all of like 80% of my hooks that were over 100,000 videos here's how much or here's how you need like here's how was like a quick intro and it caught people into the thing and so that worked for me right and so it might work for you but you got to apply to your niche and then practice and try different things and um Part of the process is just making videos so you could understand what works and work through the technical kinks and stuff like that. But um, that's all part of the process over time of you doing this as you're learning these things. Right. And then which one do
0: you focus on the most? I mean, I met you on Instagram. Like, do you focus mostly on TikTok, mostly on Instagram, mostly on YouTube or all three? Or I'm just curious, like, which platforms are you focusing on?
1: TikTok is my main platform, but I would say, like, over the last year, Instagram has been the best one for me um videos that i would have expected to do well on tiktok just haven't been doing as well on tiktok but are doing better on instagram for me um and overall i'm just trying to master the format of short form video content Mm -hmm. um so i don't know if it's like specific to tiktok but more just overall at this point short form video
0: gotcha And then how did you learn about doing content? Did you read any books? Did you, or did you literally just like, I'm going to do the videos. I've got a niche. I'm going to like, like, did you just kind of come up with that process or like, how did you start learning? Were there any specific books, any mentors, anything like that?
1: Yeah. uh, I did a lot of, I did a lot of coaching stuff and courses and stuff like that. Like I did a coaching call with Roberto Blake. When I started out, I did a, 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 in-person summit with uh, tim schmoyer they're both youtube specific and then when i switched over to tiktok i had some help from my friend joseph todd uh and well that was an example of me looking up to someone and then uh we're now friends and hang out in real life uh that social media opened up that door for me and then i uh, also someone else uh josh um, Josh, the ginger marketer, I think his name is on TikTok. He helped me, um, on TikTok as well. I haven't really had anyone help me about Instagram or any of these other ones. Um, yeah, the okay, last but time, but mainly
0: platform. So, like, you did coaching for it. You like literally, like, no, I'm gonna go find a coach. Was that like, did you just know that would help? Like, why? I read a lot think- of
1: books. They just weren't very helpful. Okay.
0: Like so the- on my
1: on my shelf right now, I'm looking at. Hooked. Uh, this is marketing, uh, contagious, um, made to stick. Uh, Content Inc. What Con- made
0: the what made the coaches so much more helpful than the books?
1: Um, the coaches had a native understanding of the platform more than any of these books did, and the uh, coaches were able to give me. I'm I'm very practical, uh, very actionable. And so uh, the coaches were able to give me like, do this, whereas the books were not.
0: Gotcha. I like it. Cool, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting because like I've been on this journey, like learning how to do it and like learning how to do social media. And like one of the greatest things that I learned, I think, was you can't just hire an editor Get good quality and then hope you pop up you have to like put an active thought of like okay how is this video going to go viral how do i get something to go viral right mm-hmm. and then grow your following that way so it's it's an interesting game for sure i like it because it's fun right mm-hmm. um so awesome so then what are your goals like what are you trying to do are you you're obviously trying to go to the social media um Are you just trying to buy more houses one by one or what are your goals right now?
1: Yeah, um, well, on the real estate side of things, my goals are to retire my dad first and then my mom and then I start working on myself Um, and on the social media side of things. uh, I'd like to have two million across all platforms by the end of the year Uh, if I look at my timing and how I've grown over the year, it it doesn't look like it's going to get there. I'm going to need a miracle to, to get me there at this point. Um, but a million is definitely possible to get me across all platforms by the end of the year. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, at this point, I'm just constantly trying to reinvest in the audience. And like I said, I'm, I'm hoping to launch this opportunity for people to invest with me and stuff like that. And for me that, um, That's kind of where I wanted to be long term. Like, I I never really wanted to have to charge for education or any of the information. Um, And that's part of the reason why I'm not making as much as some people might think I'm making, like, you know, a million dollars a year because I have so many followers. But because I'm not really charging for the education, I'm not really making that much. And so most of my income has been from sponsorships. My objective is to find a way to give away all the education. So this way people trust me enough to invest with them because ultimately that's what I'm, you know, that's what we're here for is to buy these properties. So why not do it all together Um as a group? Yeah.
0: I a hundred percent agree. Do you follow, do you know, Pace Morby? You might know him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard of him. Yeah. I've watched, he, i watched he's some of his my, stuff on subject too.
0: He's my mentor. And like, he always talks about like have a, you should use social media in order to buy more houses. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Like don't charge for the education. This is just my personal opinion. And that what I've been doing, even with my smaller following is mm. I use it just to do more deals with them. I'll just be like, Hey, like I'm doing deals in Northern California and Colorado. I can dispo anything. I'll just do like stories like that every once in a while or a post or something. And then somebody will inevitably send me a deal and then close it and we get a deal done. Right. Mm-hmm. feel like just if you did that every once in a while and then all, and especially if you started creating, I'm going to start creating a discord community of like people who can like start getting doing deals together. And then eventually that'll make it where like deals come to me as well. Mm-hmm. I think you that the better strategy would be to do deals with your audience than charging for the content. I think the content, I think it's a good idea to make the content free and then just do deals with them. It might yeah. be, I'd be like that's a good strategy,
1: yeah, yeah, because I really the long term wealth is in the real estate. it's not in yeah, it's not in selling a course. I mean, to me that's kind of like uh, Drake has a line, y'all fighting over crumbs, where the bread at. that's what I feel like yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, well, course is crumbs, uh, sure, I'll make a million dollars this year, but over the long term, what is that gonna do for me? um I have so much more goodwill built up with people if i give them the information and enable them to do what they need to do um, it's just not immediately profitable right now uh, for me to do that so it's been more of a moral challenge for me to do it that way but figuring out how to monetize it has been has been harder other than like sponsorships and you know a couple book sales here and there that kind oh, of i thing. got you
0: i got you cool man well, we're reaching the end of the podcast what my last question that i always ask people is like what um if you could go back to antonio right when he's starting off let's say real estate either entrepreneurship or real estate what would antonio now tell the past antonio like what would you tell your past self if like if you could do anything differently or just like what would you tell them
1: i would tell i would tell him record every damn thing you're saying <laughs> everything you're doing cuz you're going to want this content later <laughs> right That's one, Um, but two, I would say that you're not limited to the $30,000 that you have. There's a lot more money out there in the world that other people are willing to give you if you can master the skill, so just focus on mastering the skill, and the rest will be a lot easier from there.
0: All right, love it, my man. So what can we plug for you? There's obviously your social media, Antonio, you say your last
1: name, Yellow, yeah. Cucinello, yeah
0: um obviously follow this guy on instagram YouTube is youtube youtube just your name i'm assuming
1: uh youtube is invest starters too. invest okay. starters yeah.
0: Yeah. so invest starters um follow guys follow him on every single platform and then what where are you buying houses what are you looking for like you said are you you said memphis A- akron akron
1: is where i probably spend most of my time looking at deals akron. on
0: where's akron
1: akron ohio akron ohio okay yeah, yeah.
0: Akron, Ohio. And then yeah, anything else you want to plug anything you want my audience to go do or anything like that? Yeah, I
1: have a my my entire course is free. So if you want to learn about buying a rental property, or maybe you're wholesaling some deals to people and that are using them as rentals, and you want to understand the fundamentals of rentals a little bit better, um, you could check that out. That is in my link in my bio. Um, okay, on Instagram and and TikTok. Uh, So yeah, I could could send it to you here. I don't know. Um...
0: It's okay. They will follow you on Instagram. They'll go to the link in the bio in the link in the bio. There'll be um, a free course on how to get rentals guys. So it's a free course. Everything's free. Just go into the bio. It's super cool. I love it when people give out just all the content for free. So yeah, my man, just everybody go to his Instagram, go to his YouTube, go to his TikTok, follow him and get his free course and all of that so cool awesome and then people can just dm you if they've got houses in akron ohio right
1: yeah i mean if they have good deals in akron i'm happy to take a look at them yeah
0: i love it awesome i actually was
1: looking for uh someone to do because i don't do my own off-market deals uh i was looking for someone that wants to like kind of like work in-house with me so i could promote deals on social media if i don't want them uh, but if I want them, I would be like the primary buyer for them. Um, but I, I couldn't get around to uh, finding anyone through my audience where, yet. Where
0: is Akron, Ohio? Is that is that near it's like a- an
1: hour south of Cleveland, two hours south of Cleveland, something like that. Gotcha. You mean
0: you're saying if there's one a house that you want to buy, but you want to, I mean, that you don't want to buy, but could be a potentially good deal for someone else. You might want someone who can maybe find you a buyer.
1: Yeah. the The way I was kind of structuring it was I would pay for the marketing machine, uh, you know, to out- allocate some money to the marketing machine to get it going. And if there's a deal that I I would buy, if there's a, the deal, if there's a deal that comes under contract, I would check it out first. If uh, I didn't want it, then the, the person who found the deal could look at it and potentially take it. And if not them, then we would just wholesale it to my audience and, you know, use the profits to go back into the marketing machine. Uh, I love it. It's not perfect, you know, uh, contract yet, but I figured that it would be decently valuable and we would make content together so they would get some, you know, help on that end.
0: I love it. We should talk. I mean, I know tons of people in Cleveland and I bet they do Akron too. Um, I don't know if they'd be willing to do in house, but they have tons of deals in general we should talk. I should connect you with them. Like they would, even if like you're, even if you'd be interested, you know, they're good contacts in Cleveland. So yeah, we'll talk about it, but anywho, so any last words you want for the fans? I appreciate you so much for coming on. What are your last words before I end this?
1: No, this is great. I'm I'm glad we had this conversation. It was fun. Uh, and, uh, thanks for having me, Jonah and all of you, uh, you know, don't let the fears hold you back that, they are. They can be scary. They they might feel like you're all alone and the only one having them. But I bet you that we've all been through them to some shape or form or extent. Even no matter how specific your scenario might feel, like uh, the flavor of it will still be there for other people. So don't you worry.
0: I love it. Awesome. Thank you, Antonio. I appreciate you. This is Scorch the Fears episode 91. Next week. Let me real quick check. I think next week we're gonna be. A little bit off let me just make sure i want you guys showing up at the right time next week we are gonna be oh it's gonna be wednesday so it'll be wednesday 5 p.m pst not thursday 5 p.m pst that's when we're gonna do it um it's gonna be great thank you guys so much for coming on thank you again antonio you've been amazing this is Scorch the fears let's freaking go (laughs)